This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast for like-minded people who want to learn to make smart investment decisions. Our aim is to break down the world of finance and investing so we can all feel more comfortable and confident to join the conversation, educate ourselves and make more informed and empowering financial decisions. We are two friends who have recently started our investment journeys. We are not experts, but after gaining a little bit of experience, we realize that investing really can be for anyone. If we can do it, you can do it. Ain't that the truth. And after speaking with friends, we know that there is demand out there for people like yourself to learn more about investing. We, along with an amazing range of experts, are going to help kickstart your investment journey. I'm Maddie. And I'm Sophie. And you're in good company. Before we start today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respect to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. So, Mads, when we've been speaking to a lot of our friends recently, a lot of things have been popping up around investing, mainly, you know, their fears of why they're not putting their money in, uh, into investing and what they really want to learn. And I think there are a lot of, you know, common concerns and topics that have been brought up. Yeah, I completely agree. Investing can seem really intimidating. And so we've reached out to some of our friends who haven't started investing yet to really get an idea about why they haven't jumped into the markets before and to find out some of the things that they most want to learn about. I want to learn about how to pick the best brokerage app. My biggest fear is that I won't invest in companies that I'm morally and ethically aligned to. My biggest fear about investing is losing the money I work so hard to save. I think I have two big fears in investing. The first is because I have no background in finance and I have a limited amount of savings, then any money that I potentially lose through poor investments is significant to me at this point in my life. I haven't invested before because I thought I needed a lot of savings to start. In terms of finance, the things I'd really love to learn about would be spreading your risks when investing. I feel like we hear a lot thrown about about divvying up your risk between shares, property and say term deposits, but I don't actually have an understanding of how to go about doing that. So I would love to learn what a good investment looks like, where to find one, and what all the numbers mean around you know, what they're worth and how much the return itself would be. Haven't invested before because I've got no idea how or where to do it. My biggest fear about investing is that I will lose money basically. I want to learn more about dividend reinvestment plans and how they work. I haven't invested before because there is too much I don't know about the investment world and I don't want to risk losing my money. I want to learn how to start my own investment portfolio with the limited funds I have. My biggest fear about investing is losing money that I can't afford to lose. I haven't invested before because I just don't know how to. 
I can definitely relate to some of these. One of our friends was talking about dividend reinvestment and I actually have no idea how to do that. So I can't wait to cover that in an episode. Yeah, I too actually am looking forward to that episode. I think all of these thoughts are super valid and definitely very common. So hopefully we can cover these over the series and really start to answer some of those questions. So Mads, I think this leads us perfectly into what this podcast series is going to be about and what people should expect when they're listening. So can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what's to come? I certainly can, Sophie. Thanks. <laughs> we, I was formal. <laughs> well, it sounded like you are yes, I know, interviewing me or something. <laughs> so throughout this series, we are going to be jumping into our own investment stories and really digesting some of the lessons that we took away from starting out ourselves. So if you are thinking about purchasing your first stock or getting into the stock market anytime soon, then hopefully these will be some really useful conversations for you to sort of take on board. We're then going to be speaking with a newbie investor who is going to talk to us all about her savings habits and really talk us through why she's ready to really jump into financial markets and get investing. And this is going to be super exciting because we are going to follow this community member all the way through. We're going to touch base with her later on in a series to see how she's going, what she's learned, what challenges she's sort of faced and any outstanding questions she still has. Um, So we'll really be able to go on the journey with Chloe there. Then we'll jump into talking with a whole range of experts to really get some education about where and how to actually get started. Yeah, then I think after that, after we've set everyone up with the basics and, you know, delved into the basics ourselves a little more, we're going to go into some broader topics that we think might be of interest to you. They're definitely of interest to us, such as understanding maybe the psychological side of investing, how to invest in sustainable companies and broadening our understanding of equity markets in general. And to be honest, as the episodes go along, we'll be listening to you and getting episodes out there about things that, you know, you want to learn more about or what we want to learn more about, which I think is one of the best things about podcasts is they're current and up to date and can be malleable to what people want. Podcast of the people, I reckon. (laughs) Did I steal that from somewhere? Oh, the people. Copyright. (laughs) No, (laughs) we're not Hamish. People's podcast. (laughs) Throughout all of the topics, we are going to be simplifying all the jargon terms. We do not want to be talking anything complicated. So we're going to be speaking in a really plain, understandable language. We're going to be digesting current news stories or market trends, things that are going on in the world at the moment, and really trying to give you a really well-rounded picture of investing. So Mads, this is your second interview style question for the day. Why are we here? What are we wanting to achieve? In, in essence, you know, what, what's this platform going to be used for? Mm, great question, Sophie. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So look, we are really here because when we started out investing, we felt like we didn't really have many people to turn to, ask the silly questions and sort of, I guess, discuss our progress as we went along. And we really want to create a community where people, and I guess females in particular, because I think that, you know, females in particular are less likely to talk about money and to talk about investing. Um, So we really want to create that community and I guess that dialogue to really start this conversation amongst more of our friends. Um, We found sort of this lack of conversation and lack of, I guess, you know, maybe knowledge about investing kind of frustrating because from our experience, investing has been so empowering and it's really exciting. Like So exciting. You know, you put a bit of money in the stock market and it goes up and it's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, you know, it's, it's really awesome. So 
you know, we have found this whole experience of sort of getting into the stock markets and starting investing to be really exciting and empowering. Um, so I guess we want to help others to to get involved as well. Yeah, I think as well when we looked into the facts a little bit uh, after a bit of frustration about the fact that we didn't have a lot of people to speak with about money was that there really is a gender investment gap. There's, I mean, there's a lot of gender gaps that exist in society till today, but the gender investment gap is one that's hardly spoken about. I mean, it may be a bit more nowadays and it is coming through a lot more, but only 18% of all active online investors in Australia are women. And considering we have to worry about other gaps like the pay gap, then we really should be putting more focus on growing our wealth through other avenues. I think something that's really important here is like a lot of people aren't motivated by money. Like, you know, for us, we work in the industry, we hear that and that sort of might be enough for us to think, okay, like I want to, I want to make that better. So I'm going to actively involve myself to help improve that. And so, you know, I want to be one of those 18%, but for the people who aren't motivated by money, you know, I think you have to really sort of flip it and think about things a little bit differently. You know, if you have a cause that you're really passionate about, investing can help to grow your wealth so that in the future, you know, you can donate more money to that cause or, you know, you by financially empowering yourself, you can do more with your money. And I think maybe that's another way to think about it and sort of motivate yourself to really take this plunge. Yeah, 100%. And even on that, you can invest in companies that are doing, for example, something good for the planet. You're giving them money to try and grow their business. But yeah, I guess we've landed on a podcast because it's one of the best ways to start a dialogue conversation. There's so many times that I've gone home to my housemates after my walk home from work being like, oh, I just listened to like, what did you think of it? So true. It happens all the time. So hopefully we can start a little bit of dialogue between you and your friends, you and your family, whoever you want to speak to investing about. You can speak to us. Yeah, (laughs) please speak to us. Reach out. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly forwarding, you know, my friends and my housemates and my family, these podcasts being like, listen to this so we can debrief like you know it's just such a great way to sort of start a conversation then be able to continue topics that you care about or that you're interested in with your friends so yeah love love that and hope hope we can recreate that for you and your family and friends we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors but we will be right back to share all of the details about how we first started investing what we actually bought and our biggest takeaways from the experience Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Maddie, I guess I know a little bit more about you and I think a great place to start with that for a podcast like this is to talk about your investment journey and how it's been so far, some of the lessons you could take away, some of your mistakes. 
Yeah, so my investment journey began in sort of probably the last year of my uni degree. My mum gave me the book, The Barefoot Investor, which is oh, classic. such a classic. <laughs> um, but I remember reading the section on compound interest, which we will delve into in future episodes. So if that means nothing to you, do not stress. But I just remember reading this section and being like, oh my gosh, I need to start investing and I needed to have probably done it yesterday, but that's okay. Today is fine. Today is good enough. Today is good (laughs) enough. So, and you know, even for someone who had just spent four years studying finance, you know, it still seemed pretty intimidating because I think it's a classic case of, you know, you learn all the theory, but you don't learn how it really applies to you and how you can do more for yourself. You do math at school, but they don't teach you how to do your tax return. Exactly right. Same thing with a finance degree. (laughs) Anyway, so I actually looked into getting someone to manage my money for me because, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't want to do it by myself. And that's an expensive option. It really is. You, You have to pay fees if you want someone to manage your money for you. Anyway, fortunately, my younger brother sort of piped up at this point and he probably had a little bit more confidence than I did and sort of just said, no, we'll just do our own research and, you know, we can do it on our own. So I followed along and I guess the rest was history. But we invested for the first time, probably not at the best time in hindsight, but it was about two weeks before the stock market crashed due to COVID. Oh, wow. So (laughs) basically, um, if that means nothing to you, the the stock market had been going up. The prices of sort of general stocks had been going up for a very long time. I think it was maybe even decades. Like since the pretty much the GFC, yeah. 2008, 2009. So prices in general were, you know, really high and we sort of invested for the first time at that peak. And then when COVID hit and the whole world went crazy and, you know, we didn't know if companies were going to be going bankrupt, people were having to work from home, companies were closing all over the place. Everyone sort of rushed to pull their money out of the stock market because, you know, you don't want to be invested in a company that's going to go bankrupt. And there was so much uncertainty and it wasn't something that we had ever experienced before. So basically the stock market went down really quickly just after I'd put money in for the first time. But you didn't actually lose any money, right? Because you didn't sell anything, you've held on to them. Exactly right. So I guess a great lesson to learn is that you only actually lose money if you sell out of the stock and you realize those losses. So what both my brother and I did was we held on to those stocks and eventually they did come back up um, pretty quickly, actually, which was awesome. And you know, we stuck to our strategy, which was investing at pretty regular intervals and managed to sort of put more money in or grit our teeth when we, you know, things are a bit scary, but we managed to continue to put more money in as the stock market gradually came back up, which was great. So even though you had a bit of a blimp with COVID, are you overall up now? Yeah, so we are. And I think it really did talk to sort of the fact that we kept going with our plan, which was to invest sort of pretty consistently over the next few months. And, you know, not everything I think from memory is up from the last time I looked but you know overall we've made money in the stock market which is net positive yeah net positive which is awesome so what about you what's how did you get into the stock market well I guess my story did start a couple of years ago mainly because my partner pushed me uh, into investing him and his friends had been doing it for a couple of years and he just obviously had reaped a lot of the benefits and Isn't it so funny that we both had to have guys to sort of push us in in the end? Like, 
you know, they, in both cases, this is my brother and your partner that sort of gave us the confidence to finally sort of take the plunge. I know that is like the thing. It's because I hadn't really thought of it, to be honest. I yeah. just thought, oh my gosh, my money sitting in my savings. I love seeing that like little cute figure accumulate every time cute I open figure. my It was cute, <laughs> so cute. you know. <laughs> I've been working since like 14, so I've been saving for so long. And I just didn't really feel comfortable at all taking money out, transferring money out of my savings and putting it into the unknown. I think that one of the things that pushed me over the edge was that when I was talking to my partner about buying this stock, it was Afterpay. It was a product that I knew and a product that I had used. So it didn't seem so scary. I think if he had been like buying into this gold mine or this like minerals or like (laughs) this commodity, I would have been like, "Uh uh-uh, like I'm not touching that. But because I had used the product and I think that's a really good lesson sometimes when you are investing is that it's like it's kind of like the feet feel see approach or the see feel approach and I could be making this up but we'll just make it up anyway if you know a product and you love a product and you think it's going to do well into the future then sometimes that is something that's you know could be good to invest in because you can actually like I guess feel and see it yeah I think that's a great point and I think sometimes when you're getting into the stock market or if you're you know reading something about particular stocks it's really easy to get drawn into, you know, the commentary about financials and ratios and all that kind of stuff. And it can be so intimidating and confusing, but really a good story sometimes can make a lot of sense when we look around us and see products that we know. And, you know, we're millennials, so (laughs) we are often, you know, the more early adopters of some really great products that are out there. So I think, you know, we can have that confidence that when we see something that we really like and we think it's going to continue to sort of, you know, well into the future, that could be a really great investment. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't have to all be all be numbers, you know. It can just be that's a good product. Yeah, for sure. So I think we sort of in talking about our investment stories have really come to realize that, you know, having someone with you along the journey can be a super helpful thing to have. And I guess we really hope that this podcast can sort of provide that for a lot of people and a lot of females out there who want to take that plunge into investing. I guess to round out our first episode, woohoo, woo-hoo. <laughs> we, when we started out investing and we've touched on a little bit today, but one of the most challenging things really is just figuring out what to buy and, you know, where we should be focusing our attention And that is why each week we'll be bringing you the watch list. We'll be asking the experts or chatting amongst ourselves about interesting trends, industries, or companies that we're curious about at the moment. The purpose of this is to really get us thinking outside the box and really to try and, I guess, broaden our horizons in the investing space. But we're not financial advisors. We wish. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day. This is purely for educational purposes only and it absolutely does not constitute any investment advice. To start us off today, Mads, what are you adding to our watch list? Yeah, so I am bringing what was one of my uh, first investments and that is the BetaShares Australian ETF. And that's got an ASX, like Australian stock market sort of code, A200. So basically what this is, is you can buy one ETF, which is basically one sort of stock on the stock market. And then you get exposure to the 200 largest companies on the Australian stock exchange. So the 200 largest companies in Australia, essentially. Mads, you were saying that you bought this like when you first started out. Do you think that's because maybe you were comfortable with the fact that they were Australian companies and you knew them? Yeah, for sure. I think, 
you know, businesses that I knew, you know, Coles, Woolies, banks, things like that, you know, businesses that I know and use and frequent really often, that's what I was putting my money into. And I could feel really safe about that. And I knew where my money was going. I think, you know, these kind of businesses long-term are going to be really valuable investments for Australians. And I think that's what really sort of drew me um, to this ETF when I was first starting out. One thing to be quite sort of aware of with ETFs is they have a management fee. And this one is 0.7%. It's one of the lowest in the market for Australian ETFs. Um, So yeah, that's what really attracted me to this one. I think another sort of point just to finish off on is, or Australia compared to overseas, we're quite a small market. So, you know, our supermarkets, you know, might have one or two competitors, but not 10. Whereas overseas, you'll often find that there'll be, you know, five, six, seven major supermarkets. So That's just one example, but I think Australia is, you know, being a smaller market, there's less competition and it means that those bigger companies sort of have a little bit more room to potentially really grow and really earn great returns for investors. Yeah. So what are you bringing to the watch list today? Today I'm going to be adding the Bumble IPO onto our watch list. I love this story. I'm so glad you bought this one. So for those unaware, an IPO stands for initial public offering, and it pretty much means that a company is going from private, owned by, you know, your local mum and dad or a bigger company being owned by a couple of people to public, whereby anyone can buy stocks within the company on the share exchange or stock exchange. In this case, it's the NASDAQ, so the US market. And I think I want to add this one to follow along because honestly, the story of Whitney Heard Wolf becoming one of the youngest self-made billionaires is such an inspiring story. One of the coolest images I saw was her signing the go live of the IPO with her baby on her hip. Yes. It was an amazing image. I loved that. I think it was on like, it was a little video on like a loop. Yeah. I found myself (laughs) sitting there watching it for ages and I was like, wait, what am I doing? But it is such an incredible image. It was so cool. Yeah. One thing about IPOs though, um, and I often, I don't think I ever have, and I'm not sure if I ever will because I'm not too risky investing in IPO when it's just launched is because um, the prices of IPOs can be quite volatile and that's because they haven't really adjusted to the market. You know, you haven't actually got the earnings reports and seeing what the fundamentals and the financials are. Often like an IPO price will go up really quickly when they launch because of all the media buzz around it. Yeah, lots of hype. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. But you do need to kind of watch it and actually wait till it adjusts to the market. I think it's um, the earnings report for it came out the other day, which I actually did read. So I know that it came out, but um, they were doing well in terms of their revenue when I read it at the point that I was reading it. So I think the share price is stabilizing a little bit, but it's definitely not something I'm going to be investing in, but just something that I kind of want to watch. Yeah, I think that's an awesome story and definitely looking forward to sort of watching how it goes over the next few months. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode of You're In Good Company. We hope you survived this far. Yeah. (laughs) If you haven't, you won't be hearing this. Yeah, so (laughs) no thank you to them. (laughs) But if you haven't already, go and follow us on our Instagram page. It's YIGC Podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook. We would love for you to join our Facebook community. It's an awesome place where you can post questions, things that you're sort of seeing a lot about at the moment, and we can all sort of come together and discuss. It is YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. And you'll hear us next week or next episode in your ears talking to a newbie investor about her savings and why she's ready to jump into investing. 
See you. Nope. Hear you then. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh gosh, just listen. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.